You're listening to the King Firehawk Podcast. Now on Spreaker. Download the Spreaker app today at Spreaker.com and on TuneIn Radio. And in a moment, ladies and gentlemen, we shall be joined by a rather controversial individual, to say the least. Oh, undoubtedly. Um, unusual? I don't know. Is there something wrong? Does he have complete control of his mental faculties? Or is all this a ploy just to make his name the biggest name anybody has ever seen? He's a man. I was the monster you think I am. I wish I had enough poison for the whole pack of you. I would gladly give my life to watch you all swallow it. He's a man. Such a man. Such a man. I don't live by applauds or by booze. I live by the green, brother. Money. So, uh... Money is the name of the game. I'm not looking for applause. I'm not looking for love. I'm not looking to shake your hand. You don't have to put your hand out to me. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for the green. I'm looking for the bread. I'm looking to do what's right. And I'm looking to project my name. Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to bear witness to an historic event. A historic coronation. Behold the king. The king of kings. On your knees, dog. It's good to be king. It's good to be king. It's good to, it's good to, it's good to be king. Hear ye, hear ye, friends, fans, and loyal subjects. You are about to witness the most important coronation in the history of the world. You have witnessed royal weddings, inaugurations. But this coronation eclipses them. Please welcome the dynamic and explosive superstar attraction himself. This is... Welcome to Classic Moments from King Firehawk. And tonight, I am really looking forward to walking back down memory lane in the world of professional wrestling. 
Got a few Miller Genuine Drafts with me here as my tag team partner tonight as we go back and talk about Vince McMahon's love, affinity, interest, and the one and only blackballed from wrestling, Dr. D. David Schultz. You all know the story by now. Dr. D. slapped John Stossel. Uh, the news reporter from uh, from ABC News. Lawsuit happened. Dr. D lost his job. But through the years, there's always been like a missing part to that story. And the missing part is, I think that Dr. D could have overcome that and been with the WWE for a long time after. However... The beauty and curse of Dr. D. David Schultz was he was really lost in who he was from my point of view, from following him all the years and watching everything on him. He was the redneck racist bad guy from the South. And it didn't matter what target, uh, he didn't have a problem shooting at any targets, whether it would be going uh, a heel on, uh, on uh, race on sexuality, on uh, guns. He lived the life on camera as a hillbilly redneck racist. And you had to wonder, was he really like that? Was he like that behind the scenes? Uh, Through the years, as you watch all the video and stories and everything on it and what's not, the amazing thing is I feel that the reason Dr. D. David Schultz, besides slapping uh, Stossel, really was let go was I don't think he got along with the boys. He was put in a position where he was working Andre, Anoki, Hogan, Superfly, Slaughter, with Piper, top of the card with everybody, wherever he went. Randy Savage in the South, Jerry Lawler. Dr. D. David Schultz was a main event top guy everywhere. And he had to him a Randy Savage style in the way he worked in the ring. And you could just tell years later when you look back, Vince McMahon liked this guy. So tonight's classic moments are, we're going to kind of go through a couple aspects of Dr. D. David Schultz and the WWE and their relationship. But the focus of classic moments is later on, Dr. D.'s appearance on TNT, Tuesday Night Titans, in uh, March of 1985. Now, the slap had already occurred. Dr. D was sent to Japan for a while. And when he was in America, was pretty much kept off TV. He was losing to Salvatore. Uh, Be- oh, man, I'm, I'm forgetting poor Sal. Salvatore Bellome, whatever. You all will correct me out there. Man, I'm having it. I'm going to blame the beer. And uh, and jobbers like that, he no longer he you know he went from wrestling Snuka, Andre Hogan, everybody going to Japan, coming back Atlas, he was feuding with everybody. He was a top guy to coming back and being obscurity until finally WWE back then the WWF just let the guy go. And I really believe it was because the boys didn't like Doctor D, or he was hard to get along with because. I really think he could have survived what happened had he had a good relationship in the back. And Vince McMahon, as you'll see when we go to that sketch, 
through the years, he really knew how to work with this racist hillbilly Dr. D. David Schultz because he was put in such great positions. Because on Tuesday Night Titans, when he was a frequent guest, and the skits that he's done, uh, break, you know, yelling about everything you can think of, Vince really wanted him to be this guy. And you could just tell that Vince took a liking to him from the way the promos were, what he was doing, and especially when he was on TNT a few times. And tonight's the main, the classic moments, King Firehawk's classic moments in wrestling, I think we're up to number seven, we'll call this number seven, is that TNT appearance. It's a big one, where it's just amazing, really interesting and whatnot. And we'll build around that like a good sandwich, a couple other things. But... Have fun, enjoy, I will. You know King Firehawk loves doing these classic moment shows. And here we go. The first thing I want to get into is when Roddy Rowdy Piper came to the WWF, he was put with Dr. D. David Schultz. And they were a great team. And Paul Orndorff ended up with that team. Piper was like the mouthpiece slash manager before really getting going as the wrestler in the WWF. And it's funny because part of the things that back up my feeling that the boys didn't get along with Schultz really was, you're going to hear a clip from when Piper was on the Steve Austin podcast talking about what Schultz was like. And sandwiched in between that, we're going to have Piper's debut with him and then uh, a Piper's pit with Schultz. It's just some interesting stuff. So we'll start with that. And this is, like I said, I don't think Dr. D. Schultz survived slapping Stossel. And so I'm getting blackballed from wrestling because he really went on all the dirt sheets and the dirt shows and ripping everybody apart and whatnot uh, after that. And kind of the career went in the toil and he went back to bounty hunting. I think had he gotten along with the boys, he would probably be in the WWE Hall of Fame today because I really believe Vince liked him that much. So let's start with this. Here is his debut in... The WWF, Rowdy Roddy Piper, that is. And uh, here's how it goes. Him and Dr. D. Well, I thank you very much, Vince McMahon. I'm cornering these two gentlemen en route to the locker room. Dr. David Schultz, very impressive victory. Always impressive, baby. Always putting people down. Always beating the big heavyweight. All the mean people. I'm getting rough on them, getting nasty with them. They told me the competition was here. They told me the greatest wrestlers in the world was here. If that's an example of great wrestlers, baby, I'm going to walk over them like a steamroller. Because I ain't taking time. I ain't going for it. I want some competition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to fight it in the Well, you talk to my man now. It's as simple as this. We are the generation that is prime time now. We did not come here to play no games. Gino Santana sitting around in a cornfield to Michigan, riding around on your burrow. You got Tony Atlas and, and, and the other geek there, Rocky Johnson, flexing, kissing each other, Hulk Hogan sitting up there trying to style his hair. You got Don Backlund, Paul Backlund around. You use them in the dish pad. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Let me tell you something, brother. I'm sorry. We come from the street of our more action. Gentlemen, I am sorry. Schultz, uh, Schultz is a bully. Yeah. And, and he thinks he's a tough guy. And uh, he was, I tell you what, one day we were in Poughkeepsie. And uh, in the hallway, uh, I hear this screaming. And Sh- Hogan's down on his tummy. 
and Schultz is riding them and, you know, kind of cross-facing them and screaming, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? The, the truth of it is, like, because of the hallway, Hulk couldn't get his arms out, right? Right. And he's, and he's making a big scene. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's got it and he wants mm. to brag it. And so later on, like, I was doing a promo with Oscar and Schultz and... I think like two minutes and fifty four seconds, and so uh, wait, 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 saying Oscar, you mean Paul? Uh, I'm sorry, Paul Orndorff, yeah, Doctor D, uh, and Doctor D, and um, what Doctor D did was close, put his shoulder right next to Orndorff's to block me out completely, ah. and they talked the entire interview with and with about seven seconds left. I put one hand on Schultz, one hand on Orndorff, jumped over it and said, "Roddy Piper, giant killer." <laughs> now what do you want to do? And Schultz said, can I speak to you? You betcha. And we went behind the curtain. And he says, you know, I don't appreciate it. I said, I don't really give a damn what you appreciate. Next time you try to block me like that, I'm going to tear you apart. What did he say? He just he looked at me to see if I was bluffing. You weren't bluffing? No, sir. Right. So he left you alone. Left he went about his way. And he ah. never blocked you again. No, sir. Well, here we are again in Piper's Pit, the place that pulls no punches at all. Oh, I have finally found another man that had guts enough to come on and face possible harassment from Piper's Pit. His name is Dr. David Schultz. <laughs> it's as simple as this, Doctor. I have a question that has been brought to my attention that I know the answer to, but the public doesn't. And I know for a fact that you have asked for fights from anybody in the WWF. You have asked for fights with Rocky Johnson. You have asked for fights with Tony Atlas. And I myself saw Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas in, in the asking for those fights actually break down. All of a sudden, Rocky Johnson gets a sore rib. All of a sudden, Tony Atlas has got to go home and plow the fields. Tell us, what is it like to be such a fighter that intimidates other people so much that a man cannot even get a fight? You know I wrestled at the AWA a long time, and I went there and I begged, I got on my knees and I begged somebody to come out and fight me. Nobody wanted to fight me, nobody thought they could match me in the ring, nobody wanted to sign their name, so I come to the WWF, baby, where the toughest in the world is wrestling right now. And it seems like I'm having the same problem that I'm having everywhere else. Nobody wants to face me man to man and prove who is the best. And I want to say one other thing. It's a pleasure for me to be sitting out here with one man that feels no fear from anybody whatsoever. And that's you, Ronnie Bobber. I want to tell you, it's a pleasure to know somebody like you. Thank you. Just a few more truisms from the pit of Piper. Thank you. What? Is this a good business? All right. So, what we have so far is quite a few things that are amazing to me. One, back in the WWF, when Hulk Hogan first won the belt and change was happening, it was really like the Wild Wild West. Hogan's first year was very violent in the ring, a lot of blood, using leg drops and his Japan style often, fighting NWA style wrestling matches, I felt, or AWA style. And that first year until they got into Hogan Piper and the war to settle the score, Mr. Tino, many didn't know if Hogan was going to work and, and Vince was looking around. Which, I say that because in that first year, 
where Vince had the guy but didn't know what the where it would go with. It was such a different time. And Dr. D. David Schultz was the king heel uh, at, at that time. And I played the Piper stuff. In that interview, you can find it on YouTube. Classic moment, Piper goes, giant killer, and he jumps out. And you heard him talking about it. It really was Dr. D being with Piper, being the super heel group. And Dr. D didn't need to be with Piper. And this is the time when Piper's telling Austin on his podcast a little bit of what Dr. D was like in, in the background. Um, when you rewatch this stuff, you sort of can get the vibe. At least I feel you can. And at the same time, it helps bring the case of why Dr. D really was bald, a blackballed, because I just think the way Vince operates and knowing what he had, Dr. D definitely, his run was not done. And the promotion, good, bad, and different, from the slap to John Stossel, could have catapulted him to different places easily in that WWF. Dr. D did not work in the WrestleMania era of the WWF, you know, when Hulk Hogan, American Hero, Hulkamania really was going. There's no place for Dr. D as this just wasn't to be that over-the-top outrageous. But it was very interesting hearing Piper's take because that's the first time where I ever thought that, you know, this could just totally be because Dr. D really doesn't get along with the locker room. And knowing that Piper and Dr. D kind of really didn't see any eye and get along from what you heard was very interesting to me. So, on this session of uh, King Firehawk's Classic Moments, Dr. D blackballed, uh, in which we will feature the classic moment with him on TNT, Tuesday Night Titans, Vince McMahon's sort of Johnny Carson style interview show that I'm highlighting here. Uh, I just think it's hidden gold, hidden treasure proves how much I think Vince really liked the character Dr. D. David Schultz at the time. So, interesting stuff. And interesting to see how Piper really didn't care for Dr. D and uh, what Dr. D was like in the back. Uh, Alright, so, let's move on to the incident. The slap. And uh, by now you can go to YouTube and watch the 8,000 films they have on it. For our sake, I'm just really going to play this the very big highlight of it. And then I'm going to play for you a promo where Dr. D is talking about Jerry the King Lawler and his choice of words. And it, it might not be crisp, but very crisp. But it's important because part of the Dr. D character was he had no scripts back then. He had uh, a mic and went on. And his targets, as I told you, as a heel then, he went after race, sexuality, uh, anything to really put over his redneck ignorance character. But knowing that how the boys felt about him and the way wrestling was back then, you wonder, and I've seen Dr. Dean interviews later and this and that, I think the problem is this guy often went too far. And I think that's why Vince liked him. And his shtick back then, you, it, wasn't, it had a shelf life because, like I said, in the Hulkamania era when it really got going, there's no room for Dr. D there. So you have to curve his way, but interesting stuff. So let's uh, hear these two items. Here we go. What? Is this a good business? Yeah, it's a good business. I wouldn't be in it if it wasn't. Why is it a good business? Because only the tough survive. That's the reason you ain't in it. 
And this punk holding the camera reading, he ain't in it. Reading these rednecks out here ain't in it because it's a tough business. That's terrific. Wait, is that all you got? Well, I'll ask you the standard question. You know? Standard question. I think this is fake. You think it's fake? What's that? Is that fake? Huh? What the hell's wrong with you? That's open hand slap, huh? You think it's fake? You come Is anybody trying to intimidate anybody? I mean, out there now, is there somebody that's trying to intimidate somebody like Jerry Lawler so we don't have to come out here yelling and screaming or anything? Because I am the Southern Heavyweight Champion of the world, Lance Russell. You understand, don't you? I know you got it. I know. People think that we're crazy, but we're not crazy, man, because we don't have to intimidate anybody like Lawler and Bertie are trying to do. You know what happens when Dr. Death and the Macho Man tag team? and go against Brody and Lawler? Oh, yeah. They're going to hear about it all over the world when Dr. D and the Macho Man do the thing yeah. you guys. Yeah. Right. First come. thing, first thing I got to say is this, Lawler. I don't have to impress nobody because you just impressed yourself by coming out here making a complete fool out of yourself, telling everybody how you followed my career about the people that I have beat. When you know the people I have beat, and you come out here and tell people that you had to pay more money to get Bruiser Brody. That's right. Because I found out something about you, Lord. Nobody wants to be your tag team partner because you've got a disease, boy. I've checked on you. You have a disease and they call it AIDS. I have checked on Nobody wants that to do with you. And I've got another thing to tell you. You're right. I hit Bruiser Brody. I hit you with a stick. But you know why? He caught me holding his woman in my arms. Yeah, that's what he did. And he jumped me, and I taught him a lesson. Now, Laura, I want to tell you something about your woman, about your wife and your girlfriend. The doctor might have had his hands all over her. Who knows? I don't have to impress nobody, big boy. Okay. If I end up pulling this man over you, baby, last Monday night, he would have killed you. He would have took your life right there, big boy. I had your life in these hands, Jerry Lawler. Like the great film of God up above, baby. I could have took your life just like that. It's has been all over. We're going to hear about this mess all over the world, Lance Russell. I can't believe it. Okay. I won't be double-crossed again. Monday night, we will destroy Lawler. Okay, let's go. All right, so that's obviously down in Memphis. The reason why I played those together was you heard him slap Dr. D. Many wrestlers thought that was great, a good protection of the business. Backfired is uh, the WWF then was ridiculously sued over that. But I've heard a lot of interviews with that. This is the part where I tell you that, in my belief, Vince was willing to go through the hell of that publicity with the right guy. And I think he thought Dr. D was his guy, but as things progressed, as... He was just wild and ornery and himself off the camera, as you hear on the camera. I think Vince has felt this guy's not the guy to take the leap of faith in and do business with. The way that um, he would with someone he could count on. Now when you hear the promo, it's him and Savage against uh, Lawler and Bruiser Brody down in Memphis. And how amazing was that in that feud? And that's when Dr. D kind of went back down there. Um, Dr. D and Randy Savage are so similar. in the, Like I said before, their ring style and their uh, approach to how to be a heel type thing. 
And I think that's probably why Macho Man was a big favorite early on as well as uh, as to Vince McMahon because Macho Man was like a big time improvement of Doctor D in what they needed in a heel. Um, and I think that's why Vince really took to the, to the Macho Man. But you hear him tell King, I you know you and it wasn't the greatest clip, but amazing back then in the early '80s when this, how sensitive the world was, saying Lawler has AIDS. This, can you you couldn't even imagine this in today's wrestling environment. Even in ECW, they would never go to such a storyline where anyone's saying anything like that. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of that. That is really uh, taking a, a chance. I know it was Memphis, and it did a lot of crazy things. But they, you know, as goofy and out there Memphis also got. It shows you, you know. You wonder, was he? did he get a good talking to in the back after that? Um, he's he reflecting what the audience in the Deep South felt at that time. Also at that time, no one really knew all about uh, AIDS. As the, you know, it was still new to the scene, a new buzzword in a way, a uh, new disease. People didn't really understand as much. And Dr. D using it as a, a heel tactic. And, you know, to say, you know, you have this, that's the, a heel thing. Very, very amazing stuff then. And M.O., the M.O. of Dr. D, where he would go after, like I said, sexuality and race and things like that. Um, made him a classic heel in the 80s. You wonder, though, the mind that's coming up with this in the promos, is is he like in the back? And then when you hear Roddy Piper uh, talk about Dr. D and many others through the years, uh, Hulk Hogan a little bit, talk about him, you say to yourself, there's not a big separation between the two. And we already know a great wrestling, a great wrestler usually is very close to the character. And I think as Vince gets in deep with Dr. D uh, early on in WWF with lots of things he wants to do with him, he's starting to realize the man, the man he's got to deal with. And that is somebody Vince probably can't really work with. Fascinating to me. All right. So... Here we are now. We're going to go... Mm, let me take another sip of beer. And I, I encourage you to do so if you're playing along at home. We're going to build more around the meat of the sandwich. As I said, the classic moment here that we're going to examine is Dr. D's guest spot on Tuesday Night Titans, March of 85. Okay? And right now, let's go into the Hulk Hogan and Dr. D relationship. These two... Went at it all in AWA. Super money drawing feud. It got brought over to the WWF very early on. Super bloody feud. Probably the bloodiest Hogan had in the beginning. Hogan was fighting with Valentine and Iron Sheik and Mr. Wrestling 2 and Big John Studd. But his bloodiest feuds very early on in 84 uh, were Dr. D. David Schultz. These guys went great, worked great together. They were great together. They looked great together. The blood uh, coming uh, all over the blonde hair of Dr. D and his heel tactics. The crowd going crazy for Hulk Hogan. And they knew how to promote these guys. All up in the AWA territory when the WWF was coming through and, and working it. They definitely knew what they were doing. And here, um, I'm going to play you a couple clips. First off, is Hulk Hogan... Uh, on the Chris Jericho podcast, talking about Dr. D a little bit and how, uh, you know, what Vince McMahon thought of him. Then I'm going to play, once again, Dr. D doing a promo on Hulk Hogan in which 
many of you will be like, hmm, obviously he wasn't handing the script, he's using his uh, lack of discretion. And this is a classic clip that you'll see on YouTube where Mean Gene gets out of the camera frame. He doesn't even want to be seen. So this is another, another, another moment where Dr. D is brilliant but really walks that line and uh, is dangerous to deal with possibly um, by management, by the WWF. So here we go. Let's pick up uh, right here. All right, we'll play the clip right here. Uh, one, two, three, go. And a lot of the boys were my friends, you know. Mm -hmm. So I could call guys up and go, hey, brother. Because a lot of the know. crew went with you. Yeah, man, I pulled Mean Gene yep. right away. I pulled Heenan, Heenan with me. I pulled David Schultz, who Vince Sr. loved. Mm -hmm. Vince Sr. loved Dr. D. David Schultz. And David just was an idiot, mm -hmm. you know. He could have still been there mm -hmm. working, you know, like. The guys that are still there. Yeah. Dave, the redneck Schultz, as the fans call you, you see something like this happen, it's got to be upsetting to you. It don't upset me at all, baby. Let me tell you, I think it's great. You know what I mean? If you're going to go on a hunt, you got to be able to run with the big boys. If he can't run with the big boys, he should get out. He shouldn't come out here. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find a woman. I found a lot of men that look like women. Now you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? I'm telling you like it is, baby. You belong in San Francisco. That's your kind of place. That's your kind of people because you've never had a woman, baby. And now I'm challenging you. I'm challenging uh, you right uh, now. Al Hogan picking Schultz up partially by the hair. Oh! What a forearm cannon job that was. Look out. The big elbow. One, two. No, he pulled him up. Hogan wants to administer some more punishment. Why would he do that? He had the man. He had a beat. Gene, look at his face. It's covered with blood. He wants the doctor to pay. This crowd is electrified by it all. The World Wrestling Federation... Expanding throughout the United States, Canada, throughout the entire world. Slam! With authority. Look out, the big leg drop. Oh. Now he can pin him. One, two. No! He's got to be kidding me. He pulled him up again saying, no, it's not right yet. I'm not satisfied yet. He's fighting the doctor. You're listening to the King Firehawk Podcast on TalkShoe.com. Before we hop into the ring for our next bow, we want to call him out here. Certainly as controversially as any wrestler that we have ever had around. And one of the toughest guys we said earlier to ever put on tight. Here he is, Dr. D, David Schultz. We haven't seen David in quite some time in this area. He's back again, and I'm sure with a purpose. You know, the last time I was here, Lance Russell, you didn't talk to me like that. You didn't like me. Nobody liked me. Nobody liked what I stood for. I couldn't find anybody around here tough. All I could find was people wanting to sing songs, tell jokes, dance, hug each other, and all that kind of stuff going on. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to fight and show I was a man. So I went up north, baby. I went north, I went south, I went east, and I went west. And I whooped them all. I beat the biggest and the baddest that's supposed to be in the world. 
Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania running wild, they say. I challenged him on national TV. I will beat your butt, boy. I will take him down here, right here in front of you. He is invited to come here. And if I don't beat him, I'll never wrestle again, Lance Russell. I've been sitting back here watching the monitor. I can see that Jerry Lawler, the mouth of the South, is still running his mouth. Why don't you get some dancing bears and bring them down to the arena? And there's disc jockeys out here. They're all up there singing each other's song, talking to each other, rapping, running it down. Ain't neither one of them had a fight in their life. Don't know what a fight is. Why don't you come up to the doctor, baby? Why don't you come up to me and say it? I'll slap you down. I'll slap you down like a red-headed stepchild right to the ground. Because I'm sick and tired of it, baby. They suspended me. They suspended me, told the world, said, get him out of the wrestling. We don't want him. He's too tough. He's too rough. Nobody wants to sign contracts to wrestle me because they're afraid I'm going to hurt somebody. I'm going to break somebody's leg. I'm going to break somebody's arm. I'm going to slap somebody's face. You know, this hand gets to itching every time I get near an announcer. I just want to slap people. But I won't slap you because I've learned not to slap old men around, you know. I'm looking at these young, tough people, and it just made me sick. I just wanted to vomit right back here a while ago watching these disc jockeys talking about what they're going to do to each other. You ain't going to do nothing but run your mouth and go out there and kiss each other on the lips or hug each other. Get down and fight, baby. Get down. Get down. Get back and fight. And I love the style of Norville Austin and the other man out here. I love their style with them belts. There's going to be more of it. But Lawler, I have always wanted you. I have always wanted you, Randy Savage. I've never had a chance at you either. I want a chance at anybody. Anybody that wants to come up and give me a match. But I don't want no punks. I don't want no kids. I don't want no wet behind the ear babies. And I don't want no TV announcers. I don't want nobody that ain't going to give me a fight. Because, baby, I'm here to fight. And that's what I'm fixing to do now. I'm fixing to go out here and fight. Everybody told me, hey, you got a guy out here thinks he's going to give me a fight. Well, we're going to find out. Well, we're going to find out. Well, you know he ain't going to give me no fight. He can't whoop me. Just like you couldn't whoop me. Hey, you're listening to the King Firehawk Podcast on Apple iTunes. Subscribe and download today. All right, all right, all right, all right. King Firehawk's classic moments. Number seven, baby. Number seven. First of my classic moments airing on the one and only 1640 Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio, PWPR. The network is out and about on every podcasting source you can think of at 1640PWPR. On Twitter, send me a tweet. Tell me what you think about tonight's King Fire Classic Moments. And we've come to that classic moment that we are now going to feature here on the King Firehawk Show. As always, I'd like to take these moments in time that I was affected as a wrestling fan, that I loved, and that I, I can't get enough of, and I often revisit when I'm having those moments where today's product may not give me the juice that I'm looking for from back in the day. Tonight's classic moments is Dr. D. David Schultz's last appearance on Tuesday Night Titans. Vince McMahon, uh, you can see it on the network for 9-9-9, basically tried to have a Johnny Carson type show, and they would show clips and things of, of wrestling matches and promos. At the time, people took a crap on it. Looking, I loved it as a kid. And everything was over my head then. The uh, 
Bobby Heenan was a brilliant man on that show. So many great things happened. Randy Savage on there. But you could just tell that, especially in this, this is going to be a nine-minute clip. Buckle in and enjoy the ride. The entire segment on Dr. D. David Schultz. In which youth will hear Vince's affinity for this guy. You can tell that Vince enjoyed himself around this character. He liked this character. Reminding you, this character took on Andre the Giant, was with Roddy Piper and Paul Arnoff, was wrestling Hulk Hogan and Tito Santana and Sergeant Slaughter and Jimmy Snuka, wrestling Anoki and the other talent from Japan. Went over to Japan when he was in exile, and they did a pretend slapper reporter in Japan type deal. So, as the lawsuit went on and on, and uh, Vince had him in Japan and, you know, had him back. After this segment, it was only about four or five months where things just went south. And I think, if I remember correctly, it's even referenced slightly in here. But for the most part, this was the last big moment between Dr. D and Vince as far as his character's place in the WWF. And then from here, it went nowhere until he was basically blackballed and gone. My feeling is Dr. D dealing with him off-camera became a little difficult as the heat came on from this lawsuit as well as Dr. D I think is very much part of the character that he portrayed and my feeling on that is just watch the various shoot interviews and interviews with him throughout the years so it was the right dance partner for Vince I still <laughs> I think Dr. D would be in the Hall of Fame and he would have had a long run as a bad guy here but I just think that off-camera is why Dr. D was blackballed. So, in this segment, it covers it all the whole way through. This is a classic moment. I'll be back at the end of it, and we'll, we'll have fun with it, and we'll talk about it. And uh, enjoy King Firehawks Classic Moments number 7 here on the King Firehawks Show. Part of the family, 1640. Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio. Put that in your head, baby. And don't forget it. So here we go. The Dr. D on TNT Classic Moments. Are you excited? I am. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, okay. Jones, uh, Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And uh, I would say that offhand, you are perhaps the most arrogant individual I personally have ever met in the World Rusting Federation and it seems to me that as far as the fans are concerned I, I would think they agree wholeheartedly with that. How, does that bother you at all? You know you it bothers me. I don't care what you think. I don't care what the people think about me. I don't care what nobody thinks about me. I don't care what you think about me. I'm good. I'm a winner. I tell the truth. I stand up to anybody. It don't make any difference who it is. You know that. I don't care what you think. Now, you got something else you want to say? Well, what I would like to show uh, the benefit of those of you who have not seen uh, exactly what David Schultz cares, what he thinks about brides. He was at the Paul Vachon wedding. Let's take you now to uh, vintage Dr. D. David Schultz and what he presented to the bride. You don't like cake, huh? No, I don't like Well, I like cake, see? I like cake. Won't you take No! Oh, my God, no! Oh, my God, no, I can't believe that. Oh, wait a minute. Proud yourself there, huh? <laughs> really enjoyed that, didn't you? I love it. I love it. Well, now you enjoy A girl imitating a woman? That wasn't no woman. You know that. You heard the way she talked to that man she's supposed to marry, don't you? 
Mr. Schultz, again, it seems to me that, you know, what you have done, both inside and outside the ring, we've seen you inside the ring, we know what you can do, and certainly we have to give credit where it's due in terms of your physical credentials, but outside the ring, it seems to me you're even more arrogant than you are inside, and that's a prime example. We also saw recently a prime example of what you did to a, I would suggest, a 150-pound announcer by the name of John Stossel, who uh, works for ABC, and what you did to him, my goodness, you just slept the, the almost slapped the skin right off his face. Do you have any remorse for that? <laughs> Must have been a boy. Because I slapped him with an open hand, baby. I slapped him to teach him a lesson. Just like you. If you get too cocky, I'll slap you plumb out of the chair. Is that right? Yes, I will. Because I don't care you, Vince McMahon. See, I don't care. Are you either Lord Alfred Hayes? I'll jump on you just like a... Uh, uh, I can't say here on television. But don't cross me, okay? Certainly not. Mr. Schultz, most unpredictable, and certainly David, uh, well, David Schultz has shown that he's most unpredictable. Let's take you now to what he does in the ring. Dr. D. David Schultz in the squared circle. Ladies and gentlemen, this match, one fall with a 10-minute time limit. Introducing first, from Brooklyn, New York, weighing 235 pounds, Steve Lombardi. Now I'd like to introduce first, the manager from Beverly Hills, California, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now introducing from Tennessee, weighing 267 pounds, Dr. D. David Schultz. And the action continues here on the World Wrestling Federation. Does it ever continue? Match in and match out. This is Jack Reynolds at ringside along with Angelo Mosca. Angelo, I know that Dr. D. David Schultz is not one of your favorites. No, he's not. I, uh, all wrestlers have a, a certain attitude. I hope Bobby DeBrain Heenan can control him. You know, it's very distracting when I'm at ringside and I'm trying to make sure that my men get a fair shake. And all these eight to five white sock humanoid lifers are chanting, Weasel, Weasel, Weasel. I suggest they save it for somebody else. I don't need it. If I don't get respect, I may consider canceling my man wrestling on TV. Maybe they may consider canceling. Look at Dr. D. David Schultz uh, in the squared circle. Earlier on, we had a look at him outside of the ring area. Either way, uh, Mr. Schultz, again, would like to state that I've never, I've never met a man who exudes arrogance as, as you do. You probably never will. You don't even like me, do you? Come on, answer. Everybody's listening. You don't like me, do you? I can't say you're one of my favorite people. Well, let me no. show you something. You know, I don't care what you don't like. Because, hey, hang loose, baby. Be cool. Come on, don't move. This is a gun. You probably don't know nothing about that because you probably ain't got enough money to afford nothing like that. You either. See, that gun could be loaded or unloaded. You don't know nothing about guns, so I'm going to let you touch it. But I will tell you this. I have a lot more than this. All right, we'll be back with David Schultz and his entire gun collection, hopefully. All right, back with Dr. D, David Schultz, Lord Alfred Hayes, and here in your gun room. And I must say, we certainly hope that you will show us a little something here, Mr. Schultz, but with care. With, with the greater, you always handle guns with care. You never trust nobody with your own guns. You always check your guns. Like this one right here. 
If I want to go coon hunting, baby, I take it and I go coon hunting. You know what I'm saying? Down Tennessee, we do a lot of coon hunting. I wouldn't even take that one off because you don't know nothing about no 4570 government special. You know what I'm saying? That shoots a shell that'll knock you down, Vince McMahon. It'll knock you plumb down the recall from it. Listen right here, same type of gun they use in Vietnam. Shoots the same kind of shell right there. See what I'm saying? I keep it loaded because when I want to shoot, I want to shoot. You keep all these loaded? Well, I keep this one loaded. This one's not loaded because I check them all. You no, know what I'm saying? Are you not and often confused as to what's loaded and what is not? For my guns, I don't get confused. Now, I would let you handle it, but you'd be careless with it. I don't really know a thing about guns. What about guns? you, Albert Hayes? Oh, I don't want to touch that thing. You don't want to touch it either? No. You know this thing right here? It'll shoot so many rounds in 30 seconds. You scared of guns? I respect guns. But you got to respect them. Mind. I just told you that. you got to respect them. I don't, they hurt I don't appreciate, appreciate one of them being pointed at me either. Well, this one right here, I'm going to lay it right here because I don't want to take a chance. I got the clip back in it, you know. Now, come right over here. What else you have in here? We know you had the handgun earlier on. That was What is this thing? A double barrel what? This is a double barrel flintlock. Now, that is an old sucker, isn't sure, it? Sure, it's an old one. I wouldn't have it if it wasn't old. I wouldn't have one of these new double barrels. This one here is worth a lot of money. Everything I got is worth a lot of money. You like that, Alfred Hayes? I don't want to touch Would it. Would you like to touch it? No, thank you. But it does look... You don't like my right. guns? Well, not really, no. I'm sorry. Alfred, you're not in the guns, huh? No. If you don't mind, just take a little extra precaution. I won't take time to explain to you about this. Thank you. What uh, don't you have in there? Well, this one right here now. You know what I can do? I can light matches with this one right here. You can light matches? Yes, I can light matches. It's a twenty-two long rifle. I can sit here and I can light matches at a hundred yards. That's what I can You're do You're that with. good a shot? I'm that good. I'm an expert, baby. I didn't go to Vietnam for nothing. That's right. Vietnam, you know I've been there. You want to look at this one, Alfred Hayes? Oh, no, I don't. Huh? No, you don't want to look at that one? No, and I don't. He don't want to look at nothing, does he? No, I don't about believe you? So, Would no. you like to look at it? Well, let me... Don't be touching my Okay, guns. that's what I thought. About right. Oh, All right. I don't know an awful lot Let's about him, though, here. as a matter of fact. This right here is more your style. That's like a see you, uh, 12-gauge automatic, is it? I think I know a little something about some of those. No kidding. 12-gauge automatic. Yeah, Where'd you know. read that? Out of some kind of order book or something? You probably no. ain't got none. You ain't never shot one out in no field or nothing, have you? As a matter of fact, I've had a little experience. I can shoot 20 doves, 20 doves without reloading. Hunting with that's right, that's right, 12 gauge. I use what I want to use. Who would want to shoot a dove? Oh, shut up. He makes oh. me sick sometimes, Vince McMahon. Man, you have to have that guy hanging around with you all the time. Now, this one right here is an old 12 gauge. If you don't mind, I don't that want that pointed at me again, if you don't mind, please. I, told I don't you, appreciate I know my guns are not. Look at you, Alfred Hayes. I can put you in line. Ah, wait a minute, no, really. I can just take you and go, you know, just, I mean, you know, it's no problem. What's wrong with you? Why are you making me nervous? I told both of you, the gun's not loaded, see. Well, I mean, you, you never know, know when one is loaded. See, look, I'll show you. Here. Whoa! You stupid idiot! That is a foolish thing to do! Who you're loaded? What's the matter with What's the matter with you? Don't even go holler at you, you stupid! Hey, wait a minute! Okay, all right, just cool it. All right, no problem. Okay, no problem. Just cool it. All right, no problem. Keep on. No problem? Okay, no, 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 no. It's all right, okay. We'll be back. Okay, that's all right. We'll be back. All right, all right, all right. That That's just amazing television. That is my classic moment number seven, King Firehawk's classic moments uh, number seven. And here's the reason why. So, halfway out the door at this point, Dr. D. David Schultz, once again, he slapped John Stossel 
not loved in the back by the boys too much. Very walking the line between way over the top heel and in control performer. Definitely loved by Vince McMahon and this is my proof of it because this is the last thing they did together and then he Salvatore Belamo was beating Dr. D in house shows the rest of the way. Dr. D was not on TV. The lawyers got to Vince McMahon, I think, and they said, look, you're going to change the world and be controversial if you're going to have this guy part of your world. Got to be able to control him behind the scenes. And I think Dr. D was just one of those guys where 24-7 was Dr. D. Hard business partner to have. Okay? On top of that, look what Vince did with him. On a nine-minute segment, when his career is going down the drain, because you never saw Dr. D on TV in the WWF really then, not on the house shows, really nowhere to be seen. They're doing a gun segment. They're, they even have him in some of his last moments trying to pair him up with Bobby Heenan, to be in the Bobby Heenan family, as if Bobby Heenan would have Dr. D uh, as a manager. Vince McMahon liked this guy. There's no doubt about it. After the controversy, after the trips to Japan, coming back, he's putting him with Heenan and the Heenan family, meaning going after Hogan again. He's putting him on TV to play more over the top, this out-of-control redneck racist. They even did a thing earlier where they visited his home, and he was just being mean to his wife and kids, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen type thing. And it's just proof that Dr. D. David Schultz, when... You hear about his claims that he was blackballed. You know what? I don't know if that's the good word, but he never he never recovered from when he was gone. The territories were dying. Uh, he did go on. I saw him in my uh, local high school gym here, wrestling um, a fake Hulk Hogan. It's a funny story. This guy who appeared as Hulk Hogan in the Tri-State area often would be in the stands. They hired to come do a run-in and never announced the guy. So we were just watching a show in which uh, Dr. D. David Schultz, I think, was fighting Sergeant Slaughter on a card I saw with a whole bunch of names I never heard of underneath. And this guy dressed as Hulk Hogan, just comes out of the aisle, points to the ring while the Tiger's playing, runs in, mixes it up with Dr. D. Dr. D goes over. Hogan slides out of the ring, returns to the back. And, but they never said Hulk Hogan or announced the man whatsoever. This is a Hulk Hogan imposter. It was really funny. But Dr. D went on to wrestle Ric Flair. He went back to Memphis. He did a bunch of things. But the truth is he never caught on again big time. He went was back to the AWA. Um, he went everywhere. But then he just fizzled out and faded away. And then uh, early in the 2000-ish era... When the wrestling conventions really started to pick up and they're bringing guests on, he appeared quite often in some of these things. And but now, here we are in 2015. You know, this is commonplace where wrestling autograph shows or WrestleMania weekends and stuff. Doctor D. David Schultz is not in any of these things. He's long forgotten, partly because he probably chose that, partly because there's no value or interest in him. He's long forgotten in the past among the 90s on wrestling fans, but I will tell you, I hated him as a kid, despised him, hated when he talked. One of those bad guys who I didn't think had a cool factor, just hated him. 
in the nineties I probably would have loved him. And in ECW he would have been king. Yeah, you know, as you grow and you we like the heels nowadays. But this version of Doctor D was great because he was the heel and he lived it. And he was blackballed. Um to unfortunately for him the territory's tried up. But I think at the same time Doctor D got fed up with promoters and such and was very much in the Bruiser Brody Stan Hansen type let me drift around and control my destiny type thing. But territories, as we said, dried up and, you know, there's nowhere to go working for Vince or WCW and they weren't going to touch him. I was always surprised he didn't land in NWA, TBS, Ted Turner on their station for long-term deal. And that's where I think the black ball came. Uh, they just didn't want to touch this guy. The John Stossel thing was huge. It was very big money uh, out of the WWF pocket. Um, John Stossel really raked it in. At the same time, I think Dr. D did the right thing. Slapping him around on TV, the protective business at the time, uh, now seems ludicrous to do. But I don't think you'd have a reporter trying to expose and ruin the business the way it was then. It was a whole different era. And, uh, you know, once you get lawyers involved in a lot, things go to, to, to hell. But, you know, he opened hand slapped him, and John Stossel really took advantage of that as well. But that's what lawyers do, I guess. But there you go. Classic moments number seven, Dr. D. David Schultz, final big act with the WWF and Vince McMahon. Vince loving every minute of having a gun-toting, southern redneck, racist, homophobic, crazy heel on TNT, even looking to pair him with Bobby Heenan, and then poof, boom, gone forever. That's my classic moment this week. Enjoy. And uh, we'll catch you on the next time. I am King Firehawk. We'll play you out with a couple things. And uh, keep looking and supporting 1640 Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio, PWPR. All right. I'm King Firehawk. You're not. I'll catch you later. Listen to this on the way out and enjoy. Bye. Back with more TNT, and Mr. Schultz has left the premises, and Lord Alfred Hayes, I for one, am glad of him leaving the premises. Here is your winner, Dr. D. David Schultz. You're listening to the King Firehawk Podcast, now on Spreaker. Download the Spreaker app today at Spreaker.com and on TuneIn Radio. Comic book fans, have I got a find for you. I have found you a great American comic book store. One where when you enter, you feel what you should in a comic book store. You feel the heroes. You feel the greatness around you. You feel the artwork. You feel the history. All that you can feel at Classic Comics. Classic Comics is a comic book store located at 1006 St. George's Avenue, Rawway, New Jersey, 07065. Phone number 732-396-0555. What makes them great? Well, they have your Marvel and DC needs. They have a great back stock. And they have a lot of comic books for kids that are just starting out. And you moms and dads want to make sure that the kids are off to the right track. They got a lot of collectibles there. But basically, they have a lot of the other brands of comic books. The ones that your typical store does not carry. 
They carry a great collection of comic books. So if you're walking in there, a Batman fan, an Iron Man fan, a Star Wars fan, a Punisher fan, or something that not the everyday norm fan uh, knows or is looking for, whatever it may be, the knowledgeable staff at Classic Comics, A, will find that comic book for you, B, be able to converse about it, and C, make you a happy customer. And really, when we go into a comic book store, what else are we looking for? That's Classic Comics, 1006 St. George's Avenue, Rawway, New Jersey, 07065. Phone number, 732-396-0555. Classic Comics. Visit or call them today. Tell them King Firehawk sent you. You're listening to the King Firehawk Podcast on TalkShoe.com. Do you ever hear the big locker room story that Vince, Vincent, the... Uh, Ted DiBiase's uh, ballet. I'm the one that told that in my book. You're the so one that told job. that. Is that yeah, true? That job? story? Well, I wrote it in my book. And it's I know, like I put it in my book. These are only things that I either know or that, were, you know, are legend or anything because I don't like to, you know, tell stories that aren't true. But, yeah. And I've well, Virgil you, well, many a time. And Virgil keeps asking me if I want to look at it, but... Why don't you tell uh, everyone that story real quick that uh, who's not uh, oh, well, familiar. The, the way Virgil um, got his job was that he went into a certain gay booker and uh, just kind of laid his um, enormous man, what was, his, what was that, a man piece uh, on the table. <laughs> <laughs> what you call it before his junk. This is junk. This is junk. He laid it out. He laid it out. I believe it's called the nightstick. (laughs) 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 The King Firehawk Show on TalkShoe.com. 